This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Breaking news, the new vaccine mandate from the president of the United States tonight that affects two-thirds of the American workforce as the country's daily new cases are over 140,000 a day. President Biden turning up the pressure on federal employees, contractors, and private companies to get the shot. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? No shots, no school. The second largest school district in the country is set to mandate vaccinations for students 12 and older. Flight to freedom. Americans on the first flight out of Kabul since the U.S. exit. Plus new images of the Taliban crackdown. Musical instruments destroyed and journalists beaten. Abortion showdown. The Justice Department sues Texas over its strict new abortion law. Why the Attorney General says it's in open defiance of the Constitution. 9-11 heroes, the fighter pilots who were ready to pay the ultimate price to keep America safe. It was your call to ram the plane. We didn't have any other choice. Battle with breast cancer. Senator Amy Klobuchar opens up about her diagnosis and why the pandemic delayed detection. And the children of 9-11, how the daughter of one victim is helping young people overcome their grief. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. President Biden is taking off the gloves to get more Americans to roll up their sleeves. He's issuing an aggressive executive order mandating COVID vaccines for millions of federal employees and contractors. And President Biden is calling on the Labor Department to compel large and mid-sized private companies to get their workers vaccinated or face fines. Altogether, his new plan covers two-thirds of America's workers. He took special aim at the nearly 80 million eligible Americans who have refused shots, saying, quote, your refusal is costing all of us as hospitals fill up with unvaccinated COVID patients. Now, as we come on the air, the pandemic is causing more havoc for the economy. Microsoft has indefinitely pushed back its return to the workplace for more than 100,000 employees. And several U.S. airlines say bookings have plunged with would-be travelers now staying home. There's a lot to get to tonight. CBS's Weijia Jiang is going to lead us off from the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening to you, Nora. Not only did President Biden call out those vaccine holdouts tonight, he has a clear message to the roughly 100 million Americans who will be impacted by the new requirements. Get vaccinated or pay the consequences. We're in the tough stretch and it could last for a while. Tonight, President Biden acknowledged the COVID challenges crippling the country, warning things won't improve until the unvaccinated get their shots. Many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated, even though the vaccine is safe, effective and free. And so today, the president announced the most sweeping rules to date. All nine million federal and contract workers must be vaccinated or face losing their jobs. Private sector companies with over 100 employees must require vaccinations or weekly testing. That accounts for 80 million workers. Businesses that don't comply will face fines. Vaccinations will also be required for the more than 17 million people who work at hospitals that receive Medicare or Medicaid funding. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. The people you work with, the people you care about, the people you love. The daily COVID averages are startling. More than 140,000 new cases and more than 1,000 deaths a day have alarmed White House officials, especially after the president declared independence from the virus this summer. We've gained the upper hand against this virus. The administration is increasing testing supplies and making at-home kits cheaper. And now, with the spiking cases among children and teenagers, Mr. Biden is urging schools to set up regular testing for staff and students. So parents, please get your teenager vaccinated. President Biden also called out southern state Republican governors for standing in the way of progress. Right now... Local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Talk about bullying in schools. Tonight, some Republicans are pushing back against that new rule for employers who have at least 100 workers to require vaccines or weekly testing, calling it unconstitutional and nothing short of tyranny, as one House lawmaker described it. But some in the business community tell CBS News they are happy that they now have cover to mandate vaccines. Nora. Weijia Jang, thank you. 
We're going to turn to Los Angeles now, where the second largest school district in the country is expected to take a measure to protect students. And it comes as COVID cases among America's kids are soaring. This is big news. We get more now from CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. Um, I will now open it up. Tonight, Los Angeles school board members are debating whether to make COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for all eligible students. When we look at other immunization requirements, polio, uh, rubella, hepatitis, that we've had in schools for generations, we are going to see other districts follow LA Unified's lead. I have a number. The nation's second largest school system will require kids 12 and older to get vaccinated by Thanksgiving if they want to attend in-person classes. Board member Nick Melvoin says too many school administrators are overwhelmed. What has their workload been like through COVID thus far? Well, according to this principal, about 90 percent of his um, schedule over the last month of school has been COVID protocols. We're already seeing in, in instances where kids are vaccinated that we can go back to a normal school day. Los Angeles County has recorded more than 190,000 COVID cases in kids 17 and under since the start of the pandemic. If the measure passes, they will join Culver City, California and Hoboken, New Jersey school districts, which already enacted vaccine or testing mandates for students and staffers. I'm in favor of mandating that those people get vaccinated. That's teachers, personnel in the school, in the school, children who are old enough to get vaccinated, 12 and older. Since classrooms reopened, COVID outbreaks have closed more than 1,400 schools and have taken lives. At least eight public school employees in Tennessee have reportedly died in the past month after contracting COVID. Not our kids. Still, parents like Brenna McCalca, who has a 15-year-old son in the Los Angeles public school system, says vaccine mandates go too far. We, this is no one's right but the parent and the child to me. And the division in schools is also unfolding in homes. The mother you just heard from says her son's father wants him vaccinated. Here in Los Angeles tonight, 40% of eligible students remain unvaccinated, at least for now, Nora. But the school may change that. All right. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Well, tonight, more than 100 passengers, including at least 20 Americans, have landed in Qatar. They were on the first flight out of Afghanistan since the U.S. withdrew from the country late last month. CBS's Charlie Daggett has more. Under Taliban flags and strict Taliban control, the first large group of Americans and Westerners to flee since the mayhem of the U.S. military airlift ended last month flew away at dusk, bound for Doha, Qatar. Proof the airport is up and running, says the Qatari special envoy. The bottom line is going to have passengers, uh, uh, foreigners and local traveling from uh, Kabul uh, to Doha and from Doha to the respective uh, destinations. Here's what they're leaving behind. Two Afghan journalists say they were detained and brutally beaten by the Taliban for covering women's protests earlier this week. The Taliban cracked down on mounting demonstrations, finally banning them until further notice. For all their talk of tolerance, the Taliban have already banned music and banned women from playing sports. As for promises of inclusivity, not a single woman holds a cabinet position in the new caretaker government. It is, however, packed with the more hardline elements of Taliban leadership. 
including the leader of the Haqqani Network, who has a $10 million FBI bounty on his head, a wanted terrorist now in charge of Afghanistan's internal security services. As the flight from Kabul landed safely in Doha this evening, there are still questions about the U.S. citizens and Afghan visa holders who still remain desperate to get away. Unfortunately, I had to leave my mother, sister's brothers uh, in Kabul. Uh, they were sleeping and uh, I didn't tell them. I just left and I called them from the airport. As for six charter planes in mazar sharif we've learned tonight that they remain grounded. An organizer told us the Kabul flight may be good news for Americans, but offer little hope to the Afghan girls and women they've been trying to evacuate. Nora? Charlie Daggett, thank you. Well, tonight, a major legal showdown over abortion is looming. The U.S. Justice Department is suing Texas over its strict new abortion law. Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Texas law is in open defiance of the Constitution. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. It's the United States versus Texas. The country's top law enforcement officer filed a civil suit looking to stop the Lone Star State's new abortion law, also known as SB8, that went into effect September 1st. The act is clearly unconstitutional under long-standing Supreme Court precedent. The Texas law bans abortion once embryonic cardiac activity is detected, usually around six weeks, before many women know they are pregnant. The law makes no exception for victims of rape, sexual abuse, or incest. Texas will work tirelessly to make sure that we eliminate all rapists from the streets of Texas. The Texas law also allows any private citizen to sue someone who helps a woman get an abortion, which includes doctors, clinic staff, or even someone who drives a woman to a clinic. Those who win a lawsuit can be awarded at least $10,000. The statute deputizes all private citizens without any showing of personal connection or injury to serve as bounty hunters. Now, we're about to make it law. SB 8 was a legislative priority for Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who celebrated when he signed the bill into law. Today, he said, we are confident that the courts will uphold and protect that right to life. Democratic State Representative Sinfronia Thompson applauds the lawsuit. Thank God for the guts that the Biden administration has in making this challenge. Because every time you turn around, women's rights are always being chipped away. Planned Parenthood applauded the DOJ's lawsuit. In a statement to CBS, they told us Texans deserve the freedom and power to control their own bodies, adding they hope this will restore access to health care. No word on when a court will rule on this case. Nora? Omar Villafranca, thank you. And as we approach the 20th anniversary of the deadliest terror attack on U.S. soil, we wanted to share a story with you that few people have ever heard about two fighter pilots who took off on 9-11 to protect the nation's capital, knowing it might be their last mission. It was a normal Tuesday morning. Lieutenant General Mark Sassville and Heather Penny flew F-16s for the Air National Guard. On September 11, 2001, they watched two planes hit the World Trade Center. We knew immediately, as soon as we saw the images, that we needed to protect and defend. Protect and defend the nation's capital, as commercial airliners had become weapons of war. What did you understand about the rules of engagement, Heather? We understood what the threat was. We were looking for a rogue airliner flying low, 
that was not communicating with air traffic control. The pilots had no time to spare. The country was under attack. They knew of at least one plane still in the sky, flying low. It was United Flight 93. You got United 93? They didn't even have time to load missiles. So you two were flying F-16s that weren't armed with missiles. So how were you going to take down Flight 93? We were going to have to hit the airplane and, and disable it somehow. A kamikaze mission. Our only choice was going to be to ram the airliner. Sir, I remember you would take the cockpit to aim at the terrorists. And I would take the tail. That's not something you survive. No. As the military, we don't send our service members on suicide missions. But it was clear what needed to be done that morning. It was not an order through the chain of command. It was your call to ram the plane. We didn't have any other choice. And we weren't going to be caught on the ground watching America get hit again. What they didn't know was that the passengers and crew of Flight 93 fought back and drove the plane into a field in Shanksville. 20 years later, how often do you think about that day, 9-11? I think about it every day. Those on Flight 93 that paid the ultimate price, those are the real heroes. Sass and I owe our lives to them. That's also why when I think of 9-11, instead of being overcome by the trauma and the horror and the tragedy, I'm actually overcome by hope that the best of who we are was demonstrated on that day. So in some ways, living my life as normally as possible is the biggest way that we can say that the terrorists did not win. It's such an incredible story, isn't it? I mean, I just think about the courage of so many heroes that day. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Democratic Senator and former presidential candidate Amy Klobuchar made a surprising revelation today about her secret battle with breast cancer. Klobuchar says in February, a mammogram detected calcifications. A biopsy found stage 1A breast cancer, which was removed through surgery and radiation. Klobuchar tells our CBS Minneapolis station WCCO she, like so many women, put off screenings during the pandemic. Thousands of women have undetected breast cancer right now. And one in three Americans are not moving forward with just routine exams and physicals during the pandemic. And so doctors are seeing people that are so much sicker than they should be. Klobuchar tells us she got a clean bill of health last month from her doctors. And a reminder, get your preventative screenings done. 
And we have this update to our investigation into domestic violence in the armed forces. Our reporting found that the military is failing spouses, partners and service members who report abuse. Well, Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall says he's extremely troubled by our findings. And as a result, he has directed the Air Force Inspector General to conduct a comprehensive review of those cases. He added there is absolutely no place for sexual assault, sexual harassment or domestic violence in the Department of the Air Force. At a camp for children who suffered terrible loss, there's a counselor with a remarkable sense of compassion. It was born out of tragedy two decades ago. Here's CBS's Jamie Ucas. When the World Trade Center was attacked, Port Authority engineer Franco Lalama was in his office on the 64th floor of the North Tower. He did not make it out. His daughter, Katie, was just seven years old. I used to love going to work with him and... Then that day he goes to work and just doesn't come home. And I often think about what were his last moments like. Was he scared? Was he hurting? Sorry. That November, Katie's mom took her and her sister to Comfort Zone, a camp for grieving children. It just felt good to really be in a place where I could be a kid and also get the support that I needed. Lynn Hughes founded the camp after losing her own parents at a young age. Just three years later, Katie arrived. Katie was just this big uh, personality, smiling, bubbling with the contagious laugh. This was her place. This was her tribe, and she was all in. As seen in this news report, being with other kids helped Katie thrive. She eventually married and now has a daughter she calls Frankie after the father she lost. And she's back at camp, working full-time at the place she credits with giving her her life back. I do think that sometimes the stars align. It was just a little bit from something above. Do you feel like your life's kind of come full circle? It has. I grew up thinking that good things couldn't happen to me. But at some point, I finally realized, no, good things can happen to you no matter what. Never forget. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Raleigh, North Carolina. Tomorrow, 9-11 and mental health. What's being done to help those impacted by the terrorist attacks? A reminder, if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. See you tomorrow. Good night. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. 
It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.